and we are going to start our previews and predictions for 2023 in the NFL in the first division that we are going to start with for today is going to be the NFC South. Now, fellas, we always do this every year around this time. You know, it's getting hot out here. The weather is getting really hot and it's getting hot now that we are closer to week one of the NFL season. Now, I want to start off in the NFC South, and I want to start off with a particular team here as we cover all four teams here before giving predictions. I want to start off with the Buccaneers right now because they have a very intense quarterback battle to replace my guy, the GOAT, Tom Brady. And right now, the reports that I've seen is that this competition is a legitimate competition right now, and Baker Mayfield will be QB1 in the first preseason game. So, fellas... You know, Zay, if you want to start us off, you know, what do we think about the Buccaneers heading into the year? Um, the Buccaneers are a team that um they have a lot of guys coming back from injury. Uh they did lose a few players, but they do have a lot of guys who were injured last year that will be fully healthy going into the season. Um, and their issue right now is what the issue was before Tom Brady got there, and that was the quarterback position. Um, they'd hope that Kyle Trask would develop under Brady, that he'll be better. Um, you know, they brought in Bacon Mayfield after that heroic, uh, uh, that heroic moment he had on the Rams when he, when he replaced Stafford and played the remainder of the season. Um, and they hope that bringing him in and him competing for a quarterback one spot and hopefully could gain his confidence and playing with a great receiving duo in Godwin and, uh, Evans. Um, you know, I believe Alvin, I believe Rashad White is their running back one. I could be mistaken. Yeah, um, and um, you know, and they still got Tristan Warsaw over there, so they they'd hope that with a with a stout offensive line with the receivers they have, running back, those weapons that they have, that Baker Mayfield could hopefully possibly get the job done. Um, from what I'm hearing, not good. The reports are not good in front in terms of the Baker Mayfield. His confidence is completely shot. Um, in terms of throwing a football, missing targets wide open, throwing th- four feet above the receivers. Um, it's, it's a situation where it just like looks like the guy is completely defeated internally. So it, it kind of is like, damn, what do you do next? So you look at Kyle Trask, and then this guy is so aloof, he doesn't realize that the position was in his hands until they realize he's really not good at quarterback at all. So we might have to trust Baker Mayfield to be the quarterback. So it's a situation where the Buccaneers are kind of just, it seems like, uh, tanking for Caleb Williams. That, that It just seems like they don't know what to do at this point. And it, they, they're literally a quarterback away from just taking this division away from anybody. But it's just right now it's looking like they have to figure out what to do at quarterback one. And it doesn't look like a good competition. It looks like a competition of, we don't know what else to do at this point. It looks like a competition to see who can do a better job tanking for Caleb Williams translation. But anyway, you know, Zach, I would love to jump in here real quickly here because when we do these previews and predictions, what I like to do, is pose a question that I have for each team, right, in a division. But I can tell you before I get to the Buccaneers question that a lot of the questions that I have in the NFC South in particular is quarterback play, right? Normally I like to spread out the wealth a little bit, but to me, quarterback is the biggest thing in this division, okay? Who can stand out and be competent enough to win a wide-open, uncompetitive division, right? And a lot of that is going to reside with quarterback play. Now, as we segue to the Buccaneers, my biggest question that I have um, is who will be QB1 week one, Bacon Mayfield or Kyle Trask? Now, I think I, like a lot of people, kind of thought that Bacon Mayfield had the inside track because he had the NFL experience, right? He played with the Browns, right? He started for the Browns for a couple of years, won a playoff game, and then he came last second to link up with Sean McVay to try to get his career back on track. And now he's coming back to get his final, which I would call a final opportunity to show that he is a legitimate starter in this league. Now, Kyle Trask has tightened up the battle. He has tightened the battle. And I'm not surprised because, number one, I'm not a Baker Mayfield believer. I think he's turnover prone. I think he's very inaccurate. Another thing, too, is that Kyle Trask really put in the work. I understand I'm a Tom Brady guy, and now that Tom Brady retired, I may not be following, excuse me, the Buccaneers as I used to, but I've still been keeping tabs with the Buccaneers, right? Because I'm still subscribed to a lot of the, you know, information and news and all that. And I've noticed that he's been putting in the work this offseason. 
You know, he's as motivated as Baker Mayfield, if not more. OK, he got more lean and lost a little bit of pounds so he could be more mobile because we all know that gone are the days of the vertical Bruce Arians, Letrich vertical offense to a more offense that really requires the quarterback to be more mobile. And um, obviously they're going to mix a lot of the run in the past and all that. So he's trying to play the part. He's trying to look the part so he can play the part. Cal Trask. And I'm not surprised that this um, battle has tightened for me. I think you go through the preseason games, see which quarterback out of these two can protect the football. Okay. That's the main thing here. It's not about who could throw the ball the furthest. It's not about who could be the most mobile. It's about who can protect daggone pigskin. Okay. Because you do have weapons here and you have a solid defense. This team is still solid. Just protect the football. And right now to me, Kyle Trask is the guy that I think I trust protecting the football. He may not bring you a lot of upside, but like I said, you cannot give away possession. So I'm not surprised if we are here and we'll see what happens with this quarterback competition going forward. All right. I'll start off by saying this, right? If Kyle Trask is the Buccaneers quarterback week one under center, they're in major trouble, but it would say a lot about Baker Mayfield. Like if he can't big him, beat him out, that's also a major, major concern in the Buccaneers. If they do have to start Trask, they will not be going anywhere this season, even in a week NFC South. My thing is, though, and I think I said this on the show uh, during our quarterback rankings when I was talking about Baker Mayfield, right? When last season ended and it was pretty clear that Tom Brady wasn't going to be coming back to Tampa, I did think it was pretty likely that at least one of, if not both, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin would be dealt and this team would embrace the tank and they'd be going all in with the Cardinals for Caleb Williams. I did think that was a likely scenario. But you look at the weapons and the roster on this team, it is better than people realize. Like, I do think if you ask the common football fan about the state of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, whether it's Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask starting at quarterback, they're going to tell you, no, this is going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They're going to be drafting in the top five. There's nothing to even pay attention about. And for a coach in Todd Bowles, who's now in his second opportunity as a head coach, and it's safe to say if this doesn't go well, it's pretty likely that he's never going to be a head coach again. I do think this Buccaneer team is going to be trying to win this year. And I do also think that they upgraded in a big way at offensive coordinator. I know they downgraded in quarterback, but getting rid of Byron Leftwich, I think that's a huge plus. Like this dude, Dave Canales, we don't really know much about him. We haven't even seen him call a play yet, but it's going to be pretty difficult for him to be worse than what Byron Leftwich was. And this guy did play a pretty pivotal part in Seattle, turning Geno Smith around and helping him with everything he did last year. So I Yo, will. Zach, can I respond to that too? Because I, I definitely agree with you. Anything is better than Byron Leftwich. You know, that offense was very uncreative. It was just one-on-one. -on -one. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, win your one-on-one -on -one battles. That was it. I think Dave Canellas is going to be able to spice things up and stick to running the football more, be patient with it, and just add a little bit more cre creative flavor. That's what I would say. Yeah, and I'm a big Rashad White fan. I think he's going to have a really nice year. I think a, a breakout could be coming there. Plus, you have Evans, you have Godwin, you have a good young tight end in Kate Otten that I really like as well. So I do think if this team, I think Zay said this, yeah, if this team could get decent quarterback play, I think they could compete in the NFC South. The question is, is Baker Mayfield going to be able to do that? And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, I had this thought before all the reports were coming out about the quarterback competition, and we'll see if my opinion changes in any way if Kyle Trask does end up winning the job. If he does, like, yeah, my opinion will change, but I still do expect Baker to be under center week one for Tampa. Is I do think that Tampa, they are reminding me a little bit, and I'm not just saying this because they brought in their offensive coordinator from last year, but, like, they do remind me a little bit of Seattle last year in the sense that everyone's kind of just writing them off after they lose their star quarterback. Not a lot of people are even paying attention to them. But I do think, again, if this team does get better quarterback play, then – they could be competitive in a pretty weak NFC and with the talent around the quarterback with an improvement at offensive coordinator with still a pretty good defense combined with playing in a weak division combined with a general manager that I trust that should be able to bring in the right guys. If this team is trying to win, I think Tampa Bay could be better than expected. I have a take. I do not think they'll finish last in this division. I don't. I mean, <laughs> Zay's, you know, in shock mode right now. I can see it through Zay's eyes. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to give anything away with my predictions, but I think when you're trying to replace the GOAT, 
we have to be realistic about expectations here. You know, um, Tom Brady brought this team to another level. Of course, you're going to have guys like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans who's going to take what they learn from Tom Brady and apply it, you know, the experience and all that. So I get it. But I just think when you're trying to replace that guy and the two quarterbacks in this battle is Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, then the expectations need to be minimal. Because, yes, we know Baker Mayfield will have his moments, and that's it. You know, he's not great to elevate your team, right? I'm not saying that he has to elevate the Buccaneers in a certain extent because they do have a lot of weapons. But you do need him to protect the football, number one. He's been turning the rock over in the playoffs. Not in the playoffs, excuse me, in practices. And we are accustomed to seeing that for the most part at times he can get very erratic. And he's not clutch, you know. And I don't think these games are going to be blowouts. These games are going to be tight in this division. And um, I just don't see them being competitive respectfully. And maybe I did give my prediction away, but not so much because I do have to rank him. So, yeah, I'll leave us with that. All right, one last question. Do we see any way Todd Bowles will still be coaching the Buccaneers next year? Nah. I think so. <laughs> what? Go ahead. What are your expectations, Ed? Um, you know, I think just I just think that um Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles are super, super tight. I just don't think unless they, they lose every game this season, I don't I don't see a situation where Todd Bowles gets fired immediately. Um, especially when you look at who's available to be coaching next year or who's going to be available um until we get like names out there that's going to be available or there's always going to be that offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator that has an outstanding season that gets a couple calls for head coaching uh but until they get that those kind of guys on the board i don't i don't see them getting fired immediately especially with a situation where you're not giving a quarterback uh, of a star caliber to be the quarterback of this team they would look they was looking for a star quarterback for years they finally got that in brady and then once he retired they, they went all the way down to Baker Mayfield. So, yeah. Um, fellas, I'm ready to move on yep. to the next team here. I want to talk about the Panthers right now. And Zach, I want you to kick us off with the Panthers. How do we feel about the Panthers going into the year? Yeah, guys, it's pretty simple to me, right? This is a team that won seven games last year. They upgraded at quarterback, they upgraded at head coach, and they brought in one of the better defensive coordinators in the league, Ijeru Averro to take over that defense, which was one of the best defenses in the league last year. And I'll give you guys a bold prediction right off the bat. I think the Panthers defense is going to be elite this year. I think they're a top three defense in the league, and they're going to be a big reason why they win a lot of games this year. I think the addition of Frank Reich as a head coach is an upgrade over Matt Rule in a big way. I'm not the biggest Frank Reich fan, but there's no doubt, there's no denying he's a massive, massive upgrade over Matt Rule, and he does know how to work with quarterbacks. We just mentioned Carson Wentz and the fact that he's out of the league right now. Well, just two years ago, Frank Reich was able to get 26 touchdowns and seven interceptions out of Carson Wentz. So he is a pretty good coach. Bryce Young, I know the size is concerning, but I do think that's a little bit more of a long-term concern, not a short-term concern. Hopefully, the offensive line, which they have been spending resources on, of course, drafting the, the big kid, out of NC State uh, last year in the first round. That, that was a big investment. And uh, I think this defense is really good from Brian Burns to Derek Brown to uh, J.C. Horn. There are a lot of really good players on this defense, bringing in Denver's defensive coordinator that provided this uh, their unit with – he elevated them to probably the best defense in the league last year. I think this Panther team is going to be pretty good and honestly one of the more under-the-radar teams in the NFL right now. Bryce Young – He's just one of those guys where he has that it factor. He he has special moments. When you watched him play at Alabama, you knew that Alabama, there were plenty of games they played in. And keep in mind, this is Alabama, a team that usually dominates their opponent. You would think when they had the best quarterback in the country, they'd just be blowing teams out left and right. No, it was the opposite. And anyone who watched the games know if Alabama didn't have Bryce Young over the course of the last two years, they would have lost a obscene amount of games that no one could have ever expected for Alabama. The game against Auburn comes to mind. The game against Texas comes to mind. Even the national championship against Georgia, which they lost, he still played a great ball game, kept them right in it. I think this Panther team was decent last year, especially after they let Matt Rule go. And with improvements at head coach, quarterback, and defensive coordinator, I think they're going to be even better this year. It seems like Zach is high on the Panthers, right? Based on what he was saying. I think for me, my question that I have for the Panthers is did the Panthers give rookie quarterback Bryce Young enough help to immediately 
goat for the division crown. And I think for me, is I could, you know, talk myself into how I feel about this Panthers team. You know, they added pieces on offense. And I think for me, you know, as I stated before, quarterback plays the most important thing in this division. I think their defense is solid. I don't think I would go top three, but I would definitely go top 10 and I would definitely go best in this division. Um, I think they have a young defense that showed me flashes, you know, especially last year. I think they can add on to that this year. But for me, when you talk about quarterback play and the weapons around the quarterback, you know, you look, you got, you know, Adam Dillon, solid number two wide receiver. I think he lost a step a little bit to me. I think he's much older now. He's in his 30s. Um, DJ Chalk, who's more of a downfield boundary type of guy. You're talking about um, Hayden Hurst. Okay. Um, you know, solid tight end right there. But I don't see that number one option, that number one true option on this team. And I think when you're ushering in a, qu- a quarterback, a new quarterback, a rookie quarterback, you want that number one guy that's going to be reliable. I think they should have made a move for D-Hop, considering the fact that they did trade their number one guy in DJ Moore in order to go up to get Bryce Young. They probably should have signed D-Hop just to help jumpstart the development quicker, especially if you're trying to contend in a wide open division. Now, for me, I think personally, and I am a Bryce Young guy, I think he's arguably the best quarterback that came out of this class, right? Um, But I think he's smart. I think he has a, a football intelligence. I think he has the accuracy and mobility that you want in a quarterback. But I just think he's facing a lot of pressure this year the most pressure out of any of those guys that came out the class because he's asked to start immediately they handed this guy the job before the preseason even kicked off i'm not a fan of that i don't even care if that was the plan let him earn that gig okay you have a a veteran quarterback in andy dalton okay and you you have him there to push him right to push him to the limit make him earn that job i'm not a fan of handing out jobs especially the quarterback position and I understand the investment, but you got to allow Bryce Young to earn that job. Even if y'all know in the back of your minds this cat is starting week one, make him earn that. Make him not believe that. Make him go out there and play with a chip on his shoulder. So I'm um, not a fan of that at all, but I do think they have the right coaching staff. You know, they have a very, very uh, experienced and youthful coaching staff. I like the mixture of the old and the new, the new philosophy, the old philosophy that they got going on there. And I think, you know, they can develop Bryce Young to the quarterback whom they want him to be, which is the franchise guy. So I'll leave us with that. You know, I actually have an opposite take of Lil just now. You know, I think, you know, giving your quarterback the one you traded up for, the guy you gave the number, you drafted number one, the full steam of confidence is the one, is the guy you should actually do. Uh, You should actually put at number one as your QB one. Give him a full confidence saying this is your team. Give him that that leadership role, making him feel like the man on the Panthers team. It allows it gives the whole locker room full confidence. It gives the locker room that sense of all right, this kid is going to be here. He hasn't shown us he's a rookie in training camp yet. People on the team are saying, looking up to him. Veterans are looking up to him as the leader of the locker room, the leader of the franchise already. So I know I understand what Lil is saying. Go out into there and earn that position. Go out there and make him believe he doesn't have that position. And I Absolutely. get that completely. But you do you do not want to shoot his confidence down either. You don't want him to feel like he's just another cod in the machine. You want him to feel like he is the machine and he's trying to propel this team towards winning that division. I think it helps when you got like um Zach alluded to um the but before you get signed. there, Zay, before okay. you get there, I, I do want to respond to that right because I I think this is a conversation on its own. They didn't even they didn't even make it clear that they was drafting him number one. They mm-hmm. were sending out smoke signals. They was like, we may go AR-15. We may go CJ Stroud. It wasn't to a certain point where I right, we go on Bryce Young here. So mm-hmm. if you didn't make him feel that he earned being drafted that high, how could you make him feel that he earned the quarterback battle, um, the QB1 position rather, when we barely even see him in the preseason? I just think we have – what if he – week one, right, because he's going to play on Sunday. What if he throws three interceptions? And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but what if he does? You know what I'm saying? Make him earn that. Make him feel that he's in a battle with the experienced Andy Dalton, even if the plan was to start Bryce Young all along. Mm-hmm. That's just me, though. But go ahead. My fault, bro. You can continue. No more interruptions. No, I, I, listen, I agree with things. and I, I, agree, I understand everything you said, and I agree to an extent. 
I just feel like if you're gonna go number one all around, just give them the full confidence, give them the keys to the car. You know, this this is your time. You know, and this is your time to really lead the locker room. He he has come from a situation in college where he was he had a leader in that locker room. He he had a guy he could look up to, the coach and the coaching staff, and and he was able to initiate um, initiate the plan that the coach wanted from day one. Boom. Right now he's in a situation where he doesn't have saving on, on the side. He doesn't have that 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 number one coach right now. Right now the rookie coach in a situation where we're looking at you to be the, the the man amongst boys, lead us to the promised land, and you're gonna have the keys to the car. So I think you have to give him full confidence that he can do it. You know, you you preach everything. He's asking the quite the right questions in that locker room. I heard nothing but good things from Bryce Young thus far in the training camp. I know it's so early, but that's we heard nothing but great things, especially when you have all the additions that the Panthers have gotten not only on defense, but on offense. I think I also disagree with a number one receiver. I know D-Hop was out there, but I think Adam Thielen could be a, a number one receiver in this division. And I personally believe he's a guy who could catch the football. He's a guy who could uh, def- beat his one-on-ones. He's a guy who has established himself as a top receiver in the in red zone. Division. In the league. I could definitely be. I could definitely see him being a, one of the top receivers in this division, especially when he's going to be the number one option, getting number one targets. It's not going to be no one taking targets away from him. So he's gonna, the numbers are going to showcase at the end of the season what Adam Thielen is, and it's going to be a guy who's extremely dominant when he's looked at on the offense. He's, he went from a situation in Vikings when the quarterback looked him off multiple times, not because he's not a good receiver, not because he couldn't get open, because the quarterback couldn't find him because he was too busy looking for Josh, Justin Jefferson all game. So I think it's going to be a situation where Bryce Young and Thielen's going to have a good connection from week one all the way to week 17. And I just think that the Panthers did a great job surrounding talent around Bryce Young to make sure that his confidence doesn't get diluted to he has to make be this playmaker, this superstar from week one and week 17. Just find the playmakers, and they'll make those plays. And I think the Panthers did a great job providing him with guys who can make good plays. Adam Thielen is amongst the best in this division. That's a hot take right there. I'll take Mike Evans over this cat any day of the week, twice on a Sunday. I'll take Chris Godwin over this cat every day of the week, twice on a Sunday. i even take Drake London over this cat. No, okay. Oh, um, yes, I will. I'll definitely take the youth, the younger Drake London over this cat. I don't know what Zach thinks, but Zach, I'll just pass over the mic to you. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So, just (laughs) reacting to a couple things, I think when it comes to naming Bryce the starting quarterback, like every situation is different depending on a lot of different circumstances. A lot of them, honestly, we just don't know like what's going on in that building, but I trust Frank Reich. Uh, he's had a lot of su- success with his quarterbacks. Like whatever he wants to do, that's not a problem. And we all do know Bryce is going to be starting week one, uh, what, whatever happened. But with the weapons point, I understand when you look at these weapons on paper, they're not anything eye-popping. Like they're nothing spectacular. But I do think even though this team lost DJ Moore, even though this team lost Kristen McCaffrey, there is enough here, right? They did sign Miles Sanders at the running back position, which I thought was a pretty good signing. That should uh, help them run the ball a little bit. And one receiver we haven't mentioned yet was the guy they took in the first round from Ole Miss, Jonathan Mingo, who I'm expecting to break out and become the number one wide receiver on this team. Plus you have Thielen, plus you have Chark, plus you have um, Hayden Hurst, plus uh, LaVisca Chenault. So, like, there are some guys. And the main point is, like, weapons, you could have good ones, you could have decent ones. My thing is, when you have a quarterback like Bryce Young, the reason why you drafted him was to make those weapons better. So I don't think that looking at this Carolina Panthers weapons that this team has, they're not great. They're not spectacular by any means. But what I think the X factor here is I think Bryce Young, he's good enough where he can make those weapons around him better. I can see Thielen having a bounce back year solely because he has a quarterback like Bryce Young. I think this kid Mingo is going to be really good because he's going to be working with a quarterback like Bryce Young. And that's why you trade up with the Chicago Bears and draft this guy number one overall, because you think he has the ability to do that and to make these guys better. And I agree with them. I think he does as well. And I think these Panthers weapons, they're nothing spectacular, but I think they're going to be better than expected because a lot of that has to do with the quarterback. I got to see Bryce Young play a game in the NFL. I'm not talking about Alabama, Nick Saban. I'm not going that far. I understand he was a very, very good quarterback in college. He was a clutch quarterback in college. But trust me, you'd send Alabama to play any of these 32 NFL teams, maybe 31 outside the Cardinals. I think Alabama will beat the Arizona Cardinals right now, respectfully. Um, they are losing by a lot. Okay. 
I want to see him in the NFL before I start sipping the Kool-Aid, before I start saying that he's the Michael Jordan of the NFL, before we start saying he can elevate guys. He's a well, rookie. The, the weapon should elevate him. Okay, the, the weapon should him, elevate his play. The Panthers took him number one for him to do that, though. You know, that's why that you take a guy number one yeah, overall. Yeah, you, you take – exactly. That's a good point. You take him to elevate those guys. But we know, based off the track record, a former number one overall picks, they don't just come in and dominate. We know there's an adjustment period. So although you're right, you take that guy to change your franchise, we know it doesn't happen overnight. Just let's one quick point. The last Panthers uh, quarterback that dominated as soon as he touched the field, Cam Newton. Yeah, and Cam Newton is one of very few. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Just saying. But anyway. That was the last one. I'm just saying I was the last quarterback that really dominated as a Panthers. I'm just... I see where you try to go there, brother. You went history, and I went history too, brother. So we even it out. We even the playing field out. But anyway, Zach, I want to get to the next team here, and I want to talk about the Atlanta Falcons right now, right? And, um, you know, there's a lot of things going on with the Falcons right now. So how do we feel about the Falcons? And whoever want to go first – by all means, um, I could I could quickly just talk about my my preview of the Panthers. I mean, no, excuse me, Falcons. We just did the Panthers. Um, I think the Falcons added a lot to their defense. Um, adding Jesse Bates, adding Kalias Campbell. Um, they they bolstered their front seven, also bolstered that secondary. Um, that was a one of the weak proponents of of the um the Falcons. I think they have a, one of the more uh young talented stars in their cornerbacks that they drafted two years ago, I believe, or a couple years ago. Um, and it, it's just, it's just, you see what they're trying to do. You know, you see their, their grittiness on that defense, but it only holds up for so long. So I'm glad they added some veterans amongst, um, the guys they have on that team to really bolster their defense. The issues that arise when I look at this Falcons team is offensively, because there's so much talent on there that you're just like in awe and how much playmakers they have. Like I'm talking about guys who would elite footwork on that offensive end of the uh, offensive side of the ball. And it, you kind of just have to hold your breath and see what Desmond Ritter is capable of doing with Arthur Smith for a full season. Um, we hope that he has developed some sort of, of confidence within that, that system to really make some plays and get the ball to the playmakers um, that Mariota was uh, incapable of doing at times throughout the season. Um, he was incapable of finding Kyle Pitts, um, the guy they drafted early, a guy who was so physically dominant that we're like shocked that his numbers are not showing what he's capable of doing. Uh, Drake London, who was um in an on and off the field with injuries last year, someone that we anticipate um really taking a step up on that offense. Um, Cordell Patterson's there. They they um added B. John Robinson from the drafts, and this is so much on this team. What can we anticipate Desmond Ritter doing for this offense to move the chains to score points? And I'm not too sure if I can expect much from him, but if he's capable of just being an average quarterback, middle of the pack quarterback play from him we can see the Falcons really playing some dominant football. Um, Real quickly here, right? So we do have an interview coming up at 6 o'clock. If for whatever reason we can't finish up this um everything in that five, four-minute span that's coming up, we will definitely pick it up after the interview. I just want to throw that out there because I don't want us to just rush this out of here. Obviously, there's a lot of ground to cover. So if anything, if late Lewis Jr. comes in, who's coming on the show at any point in time, you know, we'll just segue into that and then and we'll pick up if he comes on. And, and, we'll and I'll let you know, I'll probably do, I'll probably just jump in and interrupt or I'll do a hand signal. You know, we'll, we'll know when he's in the building. But, um, Zach, you know, I would love to pick up where they left off. Um, I think for me, the question that I have once again relies with the quarterback can Desmond Ritter be a franchise quarterback is my biggest question, right? Because the Falcons truly they have arguably the best weapons to me. In this division, you know, the defense, like Zay alluded to, is vastly improved, you know, at least on paper. And they never had that top 15 defense since like 2016. And that's mainly because they invested so much on offense. So hopefully we see the fruits of the investments on offense show up. They should be a top five offense in the NFL with how much they invested in offense. I mean, drafting a tight end that high in Kyle Pitts, drafting Drake London. You know, even when they drafted Calvin Ridley, who's now a Jaguar, when they had Julio, you know, so much offensive, you know, attention. You know, it's good to see them at least in free agency address the defensive side of the ball because they're going to have to stop somebody. You know, so I like the fact that they did that. They probably could have, you know, focused on it a little bit more. 
Um, I believe Jeff Okuda had an injury, should be back. I don't think he's going to miss a, a substantial amount of time, so that's a good thing because they traded for the guy, um, and he could start next to A.J. Terrell, who, by the way, if we do have a breakout candidate, you know, a breakout list, rather, coming up, A.J. Terrell will be in that category for me. I think he could finally start to cement himself as being a corner that you have to respect with all the experience that he has under his belt. Another thing, too, right, coming back to my question with the quarterback, you know, if Desmond Ritter could be a writer, at least a writer, right, Desmond Ryder, because I used to call him that. I know it was Ritter before. I was like, Desmond Ryder. But if he could be a writer, right, at least, they should win this division. If he can be average, okay, just average, they should win this division. They should. The question is, can he? You know, I think the name of the game and the best thing we can see from Desmond Ritter this year is efficiency. A guy who's going to get the ball out to the playmakers, a guy that's going to get the ball out to B. John Robinson, who is going to be uh, a threat from the backfield, a threat as a receiver, you know, and the name of the game is efficiency. Me personally, I think Taylor Heineke, and I understand there's no quarterback battle here going on. They are going with Desmond Ritter. That's the plan. As my guy, Arthur Smith, is calling me up. Anyway, right? I think for me, as you talk about Desmond Ritter, the name of the game is efficiency. I think Taylor Heineke will take more risk and, and, and take more shots on the field. I always call him a YOLO quarterback. He only live runs. So he always try to make the big play. And I think in some ways, those things are good and bad, that mentality, because you're going to have interceptions. You're going to have big plays. I don't think we're going to get a lot of big plays from the quarterback position. I think it's going to be an efficient game management of a style they're going to run with Desmond Ritter. And can he be average is my biggest question. And can he be the franchise guy for this team? I think we'll find that out very soon. Okay, so I think we're going to look back at this offseason for the Falcons and we're going to look at two decisions they made in particular this offseason that I think are going to determine the trajectory of this franchise for the next four or five years, like how these decisions work out. And those two decisions are, A, of course, drafting Bijan Robinson, a running back in the first round. We know all the conversations recently about running back and just exactly how valuable they are to their team. Can he be that guy long term for them? That's number one. And number two, the Falcons, I thought, were the perfect team in position if anyone was going to do it, to go out there and make a big-time trade for Lamar Jackson to kind of take some power back and shift some of the power the AFC has established into the NFC. But Arthur Smith decided not to do that, and he believes in Desmond Ritter. It's pretty clear. And the thing with Arthur Smith is I understand when you look at his resume, he may not have accomplished a whole ton of things just yet. But I think what he's been able to do with quarterbacks like Orion Tannehill like he did with Marcus Mariota at times last year, what he was able to do with Matt Ryan, the one year they worked together when it's clear, like Matt Ryan, he just cannot play football anymore. Even what he was able to do with Ritter uh, in the last four games of last season, like it is clear to me that Arthur Smith is just a quarterback elevator and there aren't many things more valuable that you would rather have in a head coach. Now their offense should be really good. As Will said, you know, Kyle Pitts, a, a top 10 pick, Drake London, the top 10 pick. Bijan a top 10 picks. They have depth at running back too. Like Algier, he looked really good last year. Cordell Patterson, he's in the mix. Like they have plenty of really good weapons on this team. I agree with Zay. I think their defense should be improved. I, I think a goal would be to finish as like a top half of the league defense. And of course the offense finishes in, in the top 10 like it should with these weapons. And then this thing will be full steam ahead. But to me, guys, the Falcons are just one of the more intriguing teams in the league because I've always been a big fan of Arthur Smith. I think he gets the most out of his quarterbacks. The question is, can they get enough stops on the defensive end? And even if Desmond Ritter does take a step forward, is it going to be enough with Jets in the backfield and at his disposal, like a Bijan, like a Pitts? I think the Falcons are super intriguing. I think this season could go in many different ways. It was definitely a, a, a risky pick going after Bijan when this team still had a lot of needs on the defensive side of the ball. But Arthur Smith, we know he's an offensive head coach. He likes to score a lot of points. And uh, this should be a big year for the Falcons. And I know this team has only won seven games each of the last two years, but I do think that has been an um, overachievement considering Arthur Smith has had a washed-up Matt Ryan and even a washed-up Marcus Mariota at quarterback who hasn't really been looking that good for the Philadelphia Eagles. I do think if Ritter does take a step forward this year, he will be the best quarterback Arthur Smith has had since he's gotten to Atlanta. 
which would be a, a really good sign for this offense. I've made this comparison before. People might think it's crazy, but I do think Desmond Ritter and his road to get here, it does remind me of Jalen Hurts, the fact that he won a whole ton of games in college. He never lost. Then the Falcons draft him uh, pretty early in the draft, and everyone's saying, what are they doing? Why would they take this guy so early? He's reaching. But it's clear the coach believes in him. I think the locker room believes in him, which is a great start. And uh, now he has to go out there on the field and prove it. I got a quick question for both of you guys. But we're going to come back to that question as Late Lewis Jr. is in the building. So um, we're going to segue and we're going to come back and finish up your NMC South. And now we are here to pick up where we left off as we are ushering in the final stretch of this show. And we left off talking about the Falcons. And before we officially move on to the final team in the South, I do have a question for both of y'all fellas here. Now, we talked about Atlanta. We focused on quarterback play and the weaponry and all that. And we did mention the defense as well. You know, what's notable about the additions that they made, they made a lot of them doing free agency. You're talking about Calais Campbell, Jesse Bates, and Jeff Okuda, to name a few. Which defensive addition will make the biggest impact for the Atlanta Falcons in 2023? Whoever want to answer that first, by all means. I think it's a good question, but you got to go with Jesse Bates, right? Like this guy's a hard hitting safety. Uh, I think him and Terrell in the secondary will make up uh, a pretty good unit. Um, I think the Falcons, you know, their defense just needs to be average. Like, I don't even think it needs to be great. Like that offense should be able to score enough points where if they, you know, just get a decent effort from their defense, they should be able to win. So I'll go with Jesse Bates. He was a big part of uh, those Super Bowl teams in Cincinnati. He's been a good Bengal for a while. I think they might miss him. I'll go. I'll go Jesse Bates. I agree. But go ahead, Zay. Well, I think Kalias Campbell. Um, I think he's going to give that um, Falcons um, front line it's, it's exactly what they need, that aggression, that that leadership, that that role of, you know, push forward. I think every team needs that on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's what they have with Kalias Campbell. Um, Jesse Bates, is, I think, is phenomenal. I think he's great. But I think Kalias Campbell brings that veteran – presence when he hits the football field that's going to enhance the Falcons play to be more aggressive to play for one another and to just push it to 100 percent um get a pedal to the metal on every single snap so I think for me it's Kalias Campbell good points all across the board all of these three guys are bringing some type of experience to the defense you know guys that are were former starters or are still starters so I'm looking forward to what the Falcons can do on the defensive side of the ball now, fellas, are we ready to move on to the final team here, the New Orleans Saints? Let's we are going to move on to the Saints. Who that? Now, the biggest question that I have, and I guess I'll start this off with the New Orleans Saints, right? Will the Derek Carr and Dennis Allen duo or pairing work? You know, when you talk about, you know, the Saints, right? And let's start off with Alvin Kamara before I actually answer my own question, right? Um, I'm glad that they got that clarity of the suspension he didn't get hit too hard to me three games i mean you can prepare your offense now to kind of move on now that you're knowing how long he's going to be out you have jamal williams who by my estimation led the league in touchdowns last year and when deandre swift was out he was a starter at various points for the lions and he held that job you know he, he held that job and did what he had to do and led the league in touchdowns like i said and um, I think when you talk about Allen and Derek Carr, um, I guess we'll focus on the Camaro situation probably, you know, as we move on. Um, the Raiders and Allen, right? He was a former head coach of the Raiders, 8-28, you know, from 2012 to 2014. And his last season was Derek Carr's rookie year. And they went 7-10 and 10 that year, I believe. Not maybe, maybe not. I know it was his last year. Um, he got fired that year. But last year, last season, he went 7-10. and 10. And we have no evidence that this guy is a legitimate coach or not. We just don't have the evidence, right? If anything, the evidence is saying that he's not. Okay, Derek Carr is 0-1 in the playoffs. Only been to the playoffs one time. And he's been in the league since like 2013, 14, around that, you know, time. And um, only didn't win a playoff game. Only got there one time. So we don't have no evidence that he is a legitimate franchise guy, really. So will this parent work is my biggest question. And I think when you talk about the reinforcements on this team, Derek Carr right now to me is about his revenge tour, or it should be, okay, or whether or not he cashes out on that revenge tour. We know what happened. We know the ending. 
you know, with the Raiders and all that. And we know how he got kicked to the curve. He basically got scapegoated. And now, to me, can he show that he is a starting quarterback and at least a top 15 quarterback in this league? They have a lot of weapons here. You talk about Jamal Williams. They still have a legitimate running back committee, especially when Alvin Kamara comes back to the fold. They should be red zone threats. I understand the the narrative about Derek Carr in the red zone. How is the dead zone really when you talk about Derek Carr and his abilities in that area of the field? But we do have Alvin Kamara to help that out of the backfield. You do have Jamal Williams, like I said, led the league in touchdowns. He can give you those grinded out four yards a pop if you need him. Also, you do have Chris Olave, who I think is going to break out with Derek Carr. Why? Because he's a deep threat guy, you know, and Derek Carr loves to take those shots. And you have, you know, the one and only Mr. Witness Protection guy, Michael Thomas, who I cannot promise that he's going to be available for the majority of the season, but still enough talent here. The defense, I think, you know, it's a solid defense. They always, you know, come to play. I think defensive line could definitely generate more pressure than the last couple of years. The secondary, they're known for. I think they have a top 10 quarterback in the league and Marcus Lattimore. So the weapons on here or here, but can Dennis Allen and Derek Carr, could that pairing work in a wide open conference, a wide open division and conference rather? So, um, yeah, that's my biggest question. Um, with the Saints, I have a lot of questions because it all starts and ends with the offensive coordination. Um, I don't know what is going to happen with this team. It was never about the talent. It was never about the devoid of talent on the offense. It was about what is the offensive coordinator going to do with drawing up plays for this team. They have talent on here. The Saints have talent on both sides of the football. They're able to um, defend extremely well. They're able to get a lot of three and outs. They're able to get the offense on the football field. But offensively, we've seen a lot of um, lack of creativity, and that's all come from offensive coordinators. We have seen that the Saints have been devoid of being creative on that side of the football. And I think, you know, adding a Derek Carr, right, um, as a quarterback is great. He's a veteran. He's a veteran quarterback. He has um, shown us his ability to be a lethal quarterback when he's fully healthy, when he's throwing the football, when he has protection in the pocket. Um, but it all comes down to what is the offensive coordinator going to draw up when he's behind the, the center? Like what plays are being drawn up when Chris Olave is out there, when Kamara's fully healthy, when Jamal Williams is back, is on that field, ready to go. Um, and so on and so forth. So it, to me, it's not more so of the talent that they have, but more so of are they going to change the way they've been doing things since Sean Payton has left, or is it going to be the same stagnation that we've been showing, they've been showing us um, for the last couple seasons now? Yeah, guys. So I'm going to do the first – for the first time, I'm going to do this. You know, I feel like every time I talk about the Saints, it's usually negative. You know, I haven't really been a huge fan – of everything this team has done over the course of the last few years. But I'm going to say something nice about them, and that is I love the fact, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but John Gruden has just been at Saints practice, like walking around, helping out Derek Carr. And I would imagine, like, considering he's suing the NFL for a crazy amount of money, like, Roger Goodell doesn't love that. But if we know anything about the NFL, the two people that are anti-Roger Goodell and just despise him are Bill Belichick, and Sean Payton and Dennis Allen with the Saints. So I almost respect that level of pettiness, the fact that they're having John Gruden, the guy that is literally trying to take down the NFL right now. They have him walking around practice. I love it. Bravo. I respect the level of pettiness. But in terms of the Saints on the football field, Will brought this up last week, and I thought it was a really good point. Like Sean Payton, a guy who loves the Saints, a guy that has been there for such a long time, it got so bad with their salary cap situation, he said enough is enough. I'm bouncing. I'm out of here. And I think that should have been a sign to the Saints, along with uh, Drew Brees retiring after the 2021 season, that this team should have just gone into full rebuild mode. They were in an awful spot with their cap situation. They didn't have a quarterback. And, you know, last year they had enough talent to win some games. They were competitive in a very weak NFC South until very late in the season. But anyone knows this team was not good enough last year to win anything. And honestly, I don't think the addition of Derek Carr really changes that. I thought Derek Carr... Didn't look great last year in Vegas. We know the troubles and struggles that he's had in his career, getting to the playoffs, winning playoff games. I understand why they did it, I guess. But if I were the Saints, I would have gone in a in an opposite direction. But they put their flag in the ground. They're trying to win. I don't necessarily know how much Derek Carr has left. 
Uh, I'm never a believer in Dennis Allen. He's never won anything as a head coach. There's no real reason for me to expect that to change anytime soon. And I understand this Saints roster, when you look at it on paper, they have Kamara, they have Olave, they have Michael Thomas, they have Cameron Jordan, they have Lattimore. Their offensive line is still pretty good. Like, they still Don't are Don't forget that tight end, too, Jawan Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, nice they're, they're, Jimmy Graham all of a sudden is back. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Out of nowhere, like, it, it's a very odd team. But, um, yeah, I'm not a Saints believer. Derek Carr and Dennis Allen, I don't think it's going to work. Uh, yeah, I'm out on the Saints as usual. I mean, I think real quickly here that if we were talking about a Sean Payton-Derek Carr pairing that, you know, we will feel much better about where the Saints are today because you have that proven commodity at head coach. But um, I just think for me, the X factor to me is mainly health too. You know, um, you know, Michael Thomas, you know, he has been very, very, very ghostly like. I know that's not really a word. I just came up with it because I'm trying to find the right words to describe this cat. But he just hasn't been available. You know, hopefully can he be available? Because, look, last year in that Falcons game, I believe it was week one. He showed me something. He showed me something. He showed me that he was that same dude as far as when he's on the field. I never saw a drop off in that game. He had two touchdowns, I believe, or maybe one touchdown, but a couple big plays in between that. If he can just stay on the field, and I understand that is a, a pipe dream at this point, but they the offense should be good. Like Derek Carr, understand he's not the perfect quarterback. I understand the achievements are missing, but if the offense could just be there on the field healthy, I trust the defense already. I think the defense is solid. It's not the best. It's not the worst. Far from it. If the offense could just be healthy and Derek Carr could be healthy, which he always has been throughout his career, that's one thing I can say about this cat. And I understand we're going to line these teams up in a few minutes. And Bryce Young, you know, his size, there's a lot of questions about his durability, potentially, because of his size. Um, You know, obviously, we could say the same thing. Ah, not so much, but Baker Mayfield had some showed the injuries in the past. One thing I know about Derek Carr is that he's going to be available every Sunday because he hasn't missed a game since 2017. So as long as they can stay healthy, this team should be competitive in a wide, when I mean by competitive, excuse me, I mean competitive in this division. Okay, I'm not going anything beyond that. Competitive in this wide open division, that is, as long as they are healthy. So I'll leave us with that. One last point on the availability thing. Like, I'm still trying to figure out why Derek Carr wasn't with the Raiders for the last month of last year. Like, did he just quit the team? Did he get sent home? Like, I still haven't really came or gotten a concrete answer. I thought that was a real signal to me that, like, okay, I might have some red flags. I don't know what's going on here. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready to get yeah. into some predictions. I mean, yeah, definitely. We're going to get into it. But, look, my guy Derek Carr didn't show up at the end of the season, but Aaron Rodgers didn't show up to start. The Packers camp, you know, last year, and we saw how that affected Aaron Rodgers, and we saw in the chemistry with the young guys, and we saw how obviously this didn't affect anything because he was already benched. Get the but point. If he just got benched and he quit the team, like doesn't that say something? Like, yeah, I mean, it's a you know a lot of quarterbacks, including Aaron Rodgers, did some things I ain't like, but we are high on Aaron Rodgers, right? You know, not me, but y'all are, and um, you know, I'm not high on Derek Carr, but um, you know. It happens. Tom Brady used to slam playbooks and, and uh, MacBooks down. You know, that, that's a bad look, and that's the GOAT. But he did some things that I thought was questionable in those regards. But, hey, we all have our bad day, man. You know what I'm saying? I try to be the best human I could be to everybody that I come in contact with. But sometimes I'm having a bad day, and it may rub off on some people. It happens, that Cut just guys some slack. I've just never seen a quarterback quit a team before. Like, you're supposed to be the leader. You're out here leaving after you're getting benched? That's a red flag to me. Well, I suggest see another quarterback do that. His name is Marcus Mariota, but you know that's a story for another day. And where's he now? Backing up in Philly. I get y'all, but anyway, fellas, I'm down to. I'm ready to line them up right now. We are going to get right into our predictions for the NMC South. And um, who want to go first and kick us off? Four through number one record and all that. If y'all have it, by all means, whoever want to kick us off first. I'll start it off, and I think I'll say it right off the bat. I think this division is going to be better than people realize or expect. Like, I, I think most people look at this division right now and they say, oh, the winner 
it's only going to take eight or nine wins. They're only going to get one playoff team, and whoever that team is is going to have no chance to do anything in the playoffs. I actually don't see that. I think the NFC is so – I don't even want to say weak, but it's so wide open right now that all of these teams are so close that the games are going to be really competitive. And I do think, honestly – any of these four teams could win this division, and I wouldn't entirely be shocked. That's how I think how thin the margins are. But to give you guys my full predictions, I think the Panthers win this division. I'm a believer in Bryce Young. I'm a believer in their improved coaching staff. I'm a believer in their defense. I think they win 10 games and are the surprise one of, I should say, the surprise teams in the NFC. I think they win the division at 10-7. and seven. I'll chalk up the Falcons and the Bucks to finish tied for second both at nine and eight. And I know that might sound crazy, but I do think the talent and coaching in Tampa Bay is better than people realize. And the Falcons offense, I think should be really good with an improved defense. And you know, I'm out on the saints. I think they finished six and 11 and Dennis Allen gets fired after the season. All right. I guess I'll go number two. What do you do at number four? Yeah, Zach is a funny guy, man. At number four, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. What the buck? Okay, what the buck? Yes, I ain't say the F word. What the buck is going on? Okay, 6 and 11. That's my prediction. Baker, Cal Trask, I don't care who you ask. I think the Buccaneers will be tanking for Caleb Williams. That's what they should do. They should do the forbidden words, which is tank. Because anytime you sign a veteran quarterback that is very unproven, right? Because Baker Mayfield is unproven. He hasn't won a championship. He hasn't proved that he could win a championship. You are moving yourself farther and further away from drafting that franchise guy and not only are you moving yourself further and further away from that you're nowhere near the super bowl so you in the abyss you in the wilderness and that's where washington was okay who we just talked about when we had our guy late louis jr on they was trading for vets trading for vets in the wilderness coast was doing the same thing but now they got their guys that's what the buccaneers need to do they need to tank and get their guy because baker mayfield is not going to cut it bro Stop with this Baker Mayfield thing. I understand he was a number one overall pick, but that was a failed pick. He is not that dude, and we're going to recognize that when he is benched, okay? Matter of fact, he might not even start, okay? I got the Buccaneers at number four. Well, before you move on, I just have a quick question. I, I wanted to run your way with sure. the Bucs. Um, so I understand where you're coming from in terms of, like, their long-term vision should be to tank, and I'm wondering, like, how Jason Light, their GM, feels about that because I feel like if he really wanted to go that route, he should have sold off more pieces entering or in the offseason and if you're Todd Bowles like I mentioned like if you have one more losing season you're gonna be out of a job so I I, I agree with you in the sense that they should be tanking for Caleb like long term that might be their best option but it doesn't look like their GM is it doesn't look like their head coach is I'm gonna be curious to see where that lands them oh no they ain't gonna face the tank they ain't gonna willingly tank Baker Mayfield will help them tank that's why I got them number four okay and number three I'm gonna go with the Panthers at seven and ten. Now, I'm not gonna lie, fellas. There were various times throughout the offseason, including way back in April, where I thought about going Panthers number one. I really did. There were times that I was was feeling it. I remember when Zay came on this show. I'm curious to see if he feels the same. We'll find out in a few minutes. Where he had to take for 99 that Bryce Young is gonna win the South. I defended his take when my cousin Freddie was jumping on his chair. I defended Zay. I'm like, that's not a out of the realm of personalities or, excuse me, possibilities, right? I, I can see that happening. So I definitely juggled that. But reality came in the mail for me, right? I went to my mailbox this morning, and I got my reality check. This guy's a rookie, okay? I understand the Panthers have a, a solid team, especially defensively. But quarterbacks got to learn how to win in the NFL. That's another different thing. Matter of fact, when you look at it, you know, only three quarterbacks drafted number one in, in the common era won or uh, uh, earned Pro Bowl selections their first year, right? We don't expect much out of a rookie quarterback. And don't get me wrong, I think the Panthers are going to be good. This may be the most competitive 7-10 we have in the last couple of years of football. I think they're going to be in every game they play, but they just ain't going to learn how to win yet, right? Because Bryce Young is so young, no pun intended. That's why I got them number three. At number two, would it do? I'm going to go with the Falcons at eight and nine at number two. They finished seven and ten in back-to-back -back seasons. I think they will improve by game. Still questions on defense despite the acquisitions. 
still questions that quarterback. And that's enough for me to put them at number two. And number one, I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I'm going to go nine and eight. Right. I don't really have a lot of expectations from these teams in this division, respectfully. And you know what's crazy to me? When you reflect back to last year, the NFC South was the worst division in football. It took eight games or nine games to win. I believe it was eight games to win the division. And that was my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. But you know what really was the edge for us winning that division? It was the experience we had. It was the experience of Tom Brady being that goat that could just will us, despite our lack of creativity, to just will us to victories with clutch performances against the Saints, against other teams, where he just, you know, came back and won the game in the fourth quarter. It was experience. Derek Carr, to me, is the most experienced quarterback, clearly, not to me, on paper, in this whole division. And I think with a division as wide open, and it's going to be competitive, but not really good in the same retrospect. I think experience will do the job again. And that's why I'm going with the Saints. I'm not high on the Saints, Zach. Don't get me wrong. We don't differ much when we talk about the Saints, really. I'm not high on them. I think they will be a first-round exit, okay, even if they had the home playoff game, which they will if they win the division. But I think they will be good enough, okay, to win the division here in the wide-open NFC South. And that's why I'm going to go with them. Number one with a nine and eight record. So to recap my list at number four, the Buccaneers, six and eleven. At number three, the Panthers, seven and ten. At number two, the Falcons, eight and nine. And number one, the Saints, nine and eight. That's my predictions. You know, I think I both had excellent takes on this division, and we'll both see how it goes before I have my take of what the division could look like. Please like and subscribe to the channel. We are working hard, we're doing a lot of the heavy lifting here and please comment on what you believe this NFC South division will look like at the conclusion of the season. Now with my list at number four, I'm going with the Buccaneers at a uh, four and 13. Um, I just do not see any type of motivation from this offense. Uh, Baker Mayfield doesn't look motivated to be the quarterback of the team. He doesn't look like he wants to even play football the way he's been throwing the football in training camp. I, I just right now, cannot back him winning games until I've seen something. Something that is as close to the Oklahoma quarterback that Baker Mayfield was. I have to see something close to that to see like what this guy really is. Because Right now, I'm not seeing Baker Mayfield. I am seeing a fan, essentially. A guy who loves the game but can't play it. That's the guy I'm looking at right now in this training camp, and I'm scared of that. So 4-13 for the Buccaneers um, last in the division. At number three, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. Um, there's not, like I said, the talent is not the problem with the Saints. Um, it's, it's more of the offensive coordination to the point when you got John Gruden going to the training camp, trying to, to instill, install the system for the Saints. That makes zero sense to me why John Gruden is in that camp trying to fix the offense when you have an offensive coordinator on the payroll. Doesn't make sense to me. Unless you're telling me John Gruden will be the offensive coordinator for the Saints. Why is he in training camp teaching the offense to this team? Doesn't make sense to me. I have the Saints gonna going six and eleven um in this division. Um at number two, I'm going with the Falcons. Atlanta Falcons at number two. Um, I got them going seven and ten. And the reason why I have them going seven and ten is because of Desmond Ritter. I am not fully bought into Desmond Ritter despite him having a lot of help on this offense, a lot of help that they added to this defense. I don't believe Arthur Smith has the full confidence in Desmond Ritter being the future of this franchise. I think it's more of a you have to prove it. And show me. Hey, listen, there's really not much on this roster. They 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 looked off Lamar Jackson. Everyone thought Lamar Jackson was going to be an Atlanta Falcon because that's the top style of quarterback that Arthur Smith likes. They thought, I thought personally, that they would go all in to try to bring in a Lamar Jackson to be the man for that team. But they didn't. They didn't make any moves at quarterback. They said, okay, we'll just stick it with Desmond Ritter. And I don't know if he's going to be the guy yet. I, I I have to see it to believe it. And I think that's what Arthur Smith is doing, even though his job may be on the line if they have a horrible season below 7-10. and 10. So it's one of those things we have to see to believe it. But right now, 7-10, and 10, second in division. Um, it's still not bad. It's better, but it's not what they should be with the talent they have on offense. It's around and, the same. They was like, you know, back-to-back years. Yeah. Seven and ten, so it was kind of like the same. It's like the 76ers in the NBA back to back mm-hmm. to back second round exits. And at number one, I'm going with the youngest in charge, no pun intended. Bryce Young. 
nine and eight, the Carolina Panthers to win the division. I think they added a lot of weapons. They added a lot of veteran mentorship, not only from the quarterback position, but the receiver position from defense. They have that defense is extremely stout. They have a strong core that's gonna stick, it's gonna be the glue, the glue to stick everybody together on that defense. I think Bryce Young is exactly what they needed a, a, a breath of fresh air, a quarterback with some creativity, a quarterback who is disciplined, who is going to be the leader, the vocal point of that locker room. And I think he has the full support of the coaching staff. He has the full support of the leaders, um, the receivers and the running backs and the off- offense of that team for him to command that locker room. And I think he's going to lead them to the playoffs as a rookie in his rookie year. I said it before and I say it again, if Bryce Young, can be the starting quarterback of this Carolina Panthers. I'm buying stock that they will win that division. Not because he's so much head over shoulders above everyone in that division, but because he's such a leader that everyone's going to play twice as hard for him to help them win games. I think right now, Bryce Young, you can make the argument, is probably the best leader in that division because we know Derek Carr leaving <laughs> midseason isn't. So that is my take for 99 cents. And also, that is my take of the NFC South division. Now, look, man, I'm ready to close here. The only thing I will say to that is that um, we just don't see rookie quarterbacks, you know, come in and, and get to a playoffs, better yet win a playoff game. I think the last couple that I could just name off the top of my head that just made the playoffs was Dak Prescott, Mac Jones, Brock Purdy. And a lot of those situations, I mean, you name those guys, they either had stacked rosters or yeah. very great coaching so or both. So, you know, I'm not sure if that's going to happen here. All I know is, and this is my last point that I'm done. My night is over. Zach, I know you're about to respond to that, but my night is over after this. Is that um, if my guy Bryce Young get hit like how Justin Fields got hit in that preseason game against the Bills, his career is a wrap. That's all I'm going to say. But I do believe in the guy. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I'm just managing, okay, my expectations as I go along. Can I see him Sunday? Okay, can I see him Sunday? Maybe I'll change my tune. Well, go ahead, Zach. I'm done. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you just brought it up. Each of the last two years, we've had rookie quarterbacks lead their team to the playoffs. So that gives me more confidence that Young uh, would be capable of doing that. And um, Zay kind of lit an idea in my mind. Like, I'm not ready to say it right now, like, before he's played a game. But part of the reason why I'm in agreement with Zay on the Panthers in this division is because I do think by season's end, we are going to know definitively – that Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this division. That's going to be a big reason why Carolina wins, in my opinion. And one more question I'll throw at you guys before we get out of here. Will, I just realized, so last week, uh, for anyone who missed it, I encourage you to check it out. Great stuff on YouTube right now and uh, in podcast form. But we ranked our top 10 coaches in the NFL last year. And I just realized there wasn't a single coach from this division that made the list, none of them. So how would we rank the coaches in this division between Todd Bowles and Frank Reich and Arthur Smith and Dennis Allen. And uh, which guy do we have the most confidence in to get the most out of his team? I'm going number one. I'm going Frank Wright. Um, I am. I had him number 16. So that's not really saying a lot, but I had him number 16 on my, you know, initial coaches rankings. He was the highest ranked. Um, number two, I will go with, um, who am I missing? Here? Number two, I'll probably go with Arthur Smith. And that's not saying much because um back-to-back losing seasons. But I do think he is a creative guy when it comes to offense, relies a lot on the run. I go with him with two. Number three, I would go, ah, Todd Bowles, Dennis Allen. That's like me, you know, taking Pepto-Bismol and um, that other nasty behind medicine. I got to choose. Um, I'll probably go with Todd Bowles because of the exp- they both have experience. I go Todd Bowles number three because I think Todd Bowles is a leader of men. So that's the attribute that I would like. I would like him just kind of being a voice in my locker room. I think really he seems like he's very quiet, but that guy can lit a fire under you. He can light a fire under you. So that's the only attribute. I go with him number three. Number four, Dennis Allen. So number one, I'll go with um, Frank Wright. Number two, I will go with um, – who I had number two? Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. And number three, I will go with um, Todd Bowles. And number four, I'll go Allen. So, Yeah. There, and that's it's funny because I have the Saints winning the division. I see what Zach tried to do there, but that's because I think Derek Carr has experience enough, you know, to win this division. If you are, you know, Derek Carr with all your experience, if you can't beat out Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter, then there's an issue. You should not even be starting anymore. This should be your last year in the NFL as a starting quarterback if you cannot beat out a rookie and other second year or inexperienced quarterbacks that's in this division. 
respectfully. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Derek Carr. And you hinted at it, Lil. You know, how you rank those four coaches, I would agree. You know, I think Reich and Smith, maybe I mixed those two up at one and two. But I would have those two guys in my first two. I agree with having Bulls at three simply because of the offensive coordinator. I think that would be better. And then Dennis Allen last. And that's how I am predicting these uh, standings to go in that order with Reich, Arthur Smith, Bulls. But just so we remember, you know, um, Bulls. I see what you try to do there, but it ain't going to work, exactly. because you remember Bowles won last year over Arthur Smith, who you have higher than Bowles, and that's because my GOAT, or our GOAT, the GOAT, was on his team. But, you know, go ahead. Anyway, I, I guess that wraps up another episode of 99 Pod. It's not 1999 anymore podcast. And, fellas, I'm always looking forward to the next show we do. This last show was a very good one. Absolutely. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. We're, you've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, or leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. It's, all ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question.